Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We will move on, Kingy, because if we don't go to our top six teams, we will never get through them this morning. Um, Brisbane... I'm just going off the ladder order, not where they yep. finished in the finals. Uh, they won 15 games. They lost seven. Uh, they've, they're all in, aren't they? They're, they're all in, and, and you can tell if a team is all in by the moves that they make in the offseason. Really like what they've done. Dunkley's a huge one. Gunston, they're raving about the impact that he will make. You know, Depth players, McKenna comes in across halfback. Some positional changes, perhaps. I love the talent that they've got in their forward half. As I said to you last week, I think they've got the most depth in their forward line. Not the best forward line, but most depth, particularly in their smalls and medium players are going to score a lot of goals. But I know you've got some question marks over their key defenders. Well, they were top of the ladder at round 14 and they were third at round 19, lost two of their last four or five to finish fifth, which was a bit of a false finish in the end. They were probably, you know, we all thought they were good enough to be a top four team. So my question is, are they a team of champions or a champion team? Mm-hmm. because their list is the best in the competition, and that's not endorsed by just us. That they had uh, Better than the Cats. They had six All-Australians last year. They've added Jack Gunston to make it seven. They've had uh, ten who have been All-Australian squad or better. That is more than Geelong. Wow. So individually, I say their credentials are as good as anyone's. They get the number effective number one pick walk-in in Will Ashcroft, and don't forget Jas, uh, Jasper mm. Fletcher, Fletcher at pick yeah. 12 was a, a big... Match, so he, he's uh, he's another sort of a, um, free of charge selection, if you like. I love their list. What I'm looking to see now is what is their weapon? What is the one thing that they bring to a game that says we will dominate the best teams in this facet? It's not mm. required against the bottom, you know, thirteen or fourteen teams, but at the pointy end of the year, where are they going to say, "Hey, play us here"? They're worried about their defence clearly, their team, their team defence. Because you know, just listening to senior players speak, like Lockie Neal, they asked him, "What's the one thing you've worked on?" He said, "Well, I've got to get back and help defence, and I've worked on my positioning on the ground to make it life easier for our back six. So they're thinking about that as a midfield. So clearly, that team aspect they were too easy to score against oh, last poor. year. Even that, yeah, even that final against. Richmond, I mean, the, the, the scores in that game are extraordinary. Now, so. Even across the course of the year, mate, their, their defensive 50 was a weakness for them. Now, they, they yeah. can argue this. They can argue there's a difference between points against and being easy to play against. Because against in, in, in a meaningless game, you can have an opposition score 50 points against you. And that that's becomes part of your averages for the year. But when you play against the better teams in a final series, they're going to have their time with the ball. You have to defend a Richmond or a Geelong or a Melbourne that are coming at you. So that's that's where they've got scope for improvement. I am worried, and I did mention it last week or the week before, about the replacement of Marcus Adams. Um, and we, it's just a wait and see. But they've just got to make sure that their defence is not is not fake footy, that they actually can defend the opposition ball movement and stand up in their defensive 50. If they can't, they will be a, ch- a team of champions, not a champion team again. Reckon supporters get a bit jumpy about 20 years after you've won a flag. It's about 20 years for, for uh, Brisbane at You're the good moment. And, and that would be the pass mark to make a grand final for me. Uh, make a Not grand win, Don't have to win it. But I think they've got to make the grand final. Yeah, I think they've got to finish top two. 
I mean, there's nothing on. It, it, there's no obvious flaws in this this build and this makeup. It's now time. I mean, you look since 2019, they've won 60 home and away home and away games. 60. Geelong have won 62. The mm. next best is Port Adelaide with 52. So they've won a lot of home and away games. It's now time to realise that they can uh, that into a into a, a grand final appearance or a premiership. Yeah, and now big finals experience, which had been the weakness with their performance in finals under Chris Fagan. But to go and and win a big final on the MCG against the premiership side the previous year was a was a big step. I know the, the week after wasn't great, but that will give them some belief that they can do it in Melbourne do you love, on a big stage. Do you love Rainer at halfback? No. I love it. Do you? Love it. Well, uh, Everyone's looking for Degoe. Everyone's looking for Petrarca. Everyone's he hasn't been looking that. for Martin. He hasn't, he he's not be. that. He's young. No, he's, like, he's he? not that old. He's, well, he's not. 20, would he be 24? Oh, I'm going to have a guess. He's had one year out with a, a knee. I thought he took strides to think. He's a goal a game. In, he kicked four in a game one game. He's always Melbourne, been a goal a game player. And he's and he's not a, a high position accumulator. He doesn't really do it. Whilst he looks dangerous wherever you put him, it doesn't. Re- it hasn't really matched. I mean, I, I think you need to maximise your talent. And this guy, he, you put Gunston in that forward line, and you put Rain at a half back. I think you win twice. Okay, I'd have him where everyone needs those type of players: centre bounce, forward, Tom Papley style. But we'll wait and see. I mean, they do have a lot of options, as we've mentioned, in their forward line. Uh, that's Brisbane to make a grand final pass mark for both of us, or top two. Uh, we'll quickly move on to Fremantle. Uh, Fifteen and six last year, they had one draw. A bit of experience go out the door and. We'll touch on that perhaps a little bit later on, but but Logs, you know, was out of favour by his own admission last year, and and Lob goes, which is a near forty goal forward. Yet Luke Jackson come back in. I don't know how they're going to play him. It seems like a bit of an enigma uh, to me with the, with the use of him, and there's a bit of secrecy around him. Who knows about Nat Fife? They got a new captain, but they were impressive last year. And speaking of good defensive sides, they were a good defensive side, but probably need to score more. Yeah, I, I take my hat off to what they've done with the list build. It's it's happened in a in a really calm fashion, and you know Brody last year and Clark last year both performed really well. Both played twenty four games. Clark finished in the top ten in their best and fairest. So that that's a big win. Mm, and mm. then again this year they they go with the names you, you've just mentioned. I'm looking forward to seeing what Jackson, Jackson can do to, to this midfield, and uh, and obviously Omira as well goes in there. They they're good at stoppage, but really poor when the ball's in motion at winning contested possession. So that that is Jackson and that is Omira. They can do that. If they're going to push five forward, then they're going to need something different in this midfield. So, a really hard one for me to place Frio. I think as soon as you start playing components of the game, you're in trouble. They're a great defensive outfit. For the first 14 weeks of the year, they were they were clearly number one without the footy. And if the season was was a 16 week uh, season, they'd probably win the flag. But it, but it did fall apart late. Um, they've gone. Do seven. they have Kingy the individual? stars that win big games. And you, and you look at, I'm more talking the forward line here. Right? You compare them to, to Mackay and Kuno who can stand up. Cameron and Hawkins are going to have Lynch and Revolt and those big match-winning players. And I'm going, I'm looking to Fremantle's forward line. I'm going, okay, it's Tabiner. It's a bit of Jaya Miss. It's a bit of Nat Fife who doesn't play. It's a bit of Walters who's well into his 30s and has been up and down. Switkowski is not a high goal scoring as good as he is in playing that role. They don't have the star power for me, Fremantle. Well, they've traded their leading goal kicker. Rory Lobb kicked 36 last year. Um, and you wouldn't even be able to tell me who comes second their goal kicker, I don't reckon. Uh, I'll give you three guesses. <laughs> well, Walters had a decent no. year. No. 
Um, it's it's a tough one. Lockie Shields kicked thirty, so the, yeah, he, okay. he was second. So only Ooh, North Melbourne and the West Coast take less marks inside fifty per week than than Fremantle. What influence can Nathan Fife have there? I, I'm I'm not sure, but. Even if he marks the ball, Nathan Fife, he's kicked 22 goals in the last three years from 66 shots. And that plays on the team psyche and it plays on his. And he's the most influential figure and it does, it does spread through the team when he's missing. It does. But So I'm at a bit of a – they had a really healthy year last year. I just hope that wasn't their healthy year and then they get some injuries come in the next two to three. They're a bit of a mystery to me this year, but they have made significant inroads – over the last twelve months, uh, I was worried about them prior to that. They were just, they were just meandering. Mm. They, they've got to get, they've got to get all phases working together. You can't just defend and you can't just attack. One has to complement the other, like the best teams in the competition do. Otherwise, you end up with a, fi- a false profile. They're one for me that I can see finishing, you know, top three, top four, or could even miss the eight. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss as to where to place uh, Fremantle, uh, and only time will tell. If we're doing pass marks, pass mark for them is to is to play in the prelim final. But I think I think they're vulnerable, and I think they could miss the eight win a altogether. Final for me. Win a final for me. Win is a, a pass final. mark. There you go. That's the Fremantle Dockers. We'll get through the others: Collingwood, Sydney, Melbourne, and Geelong with a top four. Kingy, we'll move on to Collingwood because they stunned us all last year, going from seventeenth to playing in a prelim final, which they just lost. We all love watching them play. It was an incredible story. It's an example of what makes our game so great their ability to get it done in the cutthroat last quarters and, and what they were able to do and the footy that they played and unearthing some players that um, we love to see. So they won 16 games last year uh, and they played Geelong round one, which is going to be one of the best round one games we've seen for a long time. Yeah, I'm tempted to, to say the Pies can win the flag this year because well, they, they are can. clearly the most dangerous team in the competition with the footy. It, yep. They're very hard to defend that springboard off half back. They've got the best defensive plan. They're the, they're the number one team in the competition for winning the ball back um, in between the arcs. Top two for pressure. Their, their defensive 50 is unbelievable. But they, they do have problems with their clearance game and problems with their forward half. So they're, they're known issues. So in the offseason, they go and get Mitchell for the clearance issue. That Last year, they were 16th in the AFL for clearance differential. Mm-hmm. Last six weeks, they were the worst team in the comp. Minus 11 clearances a game. So if this guy can and come poor in... from centre bounce as well? Really poor. If this guy yeah. can come in and, and do his role, apply his trade, which we know what he is, and seeing the pre-season work that he's done, he will have an, a significant impact. McStay comes into the forward 50. Now, he's an elite one-on-one mark. I know he's only kicked 25 and 28 goals, but if you're just going to judge this guy's role on goals, you're missing the point. But you just told me Cam Rain is a goal-a-game player, and now you're defending oh, but this guy's a connector. for being a goal a game player. He's an elite one-on-one mark. Cam Rayner is not an elite one-on-one mark. He's not. But he's he's probably five years younger, and he plays. It's a different role, so it's you know we're not we're not comparing the same type of player. I, I'm just McStay's a connector. On, I'm not sold on Dan McStay, um, and, yep. I, and I hadn't been. For I a understand while, that's, that. That's okay. I think he's a gut runner and a contested mark, and I think he suits the way Collingwood want to play. Sometimes it's just it's just hand in glove stuff. How do you need your centre half forward? They didn't have a guy that could travel. I mean, they asked uh, one guy that I can't think of his name now. The Myrcheck. Myrcheck to work all the way up, all the way back, all day. He needs a chop out, and this guy will give it. Now Frampton coming into that defensive fifty. Now he he may be a horses for courses type selection. He may not play every week, mm. but it's not what he does. It's what he's going to allow that is the win for Collingwood. He may allow 
some experimentation, some innovation to, to the Darcy Moore role, to Jeremy Howe's role, and, and get those guys to play more aggressive uh, further up the field. You may see Howe on a wing more often. You may see Darcy Moore exposed to some some a- extra Ruckman-type roles, some roaming Ruckman-type roles. From what you've seen uh, from their training and just from what I've read from training reports, they seem to move the magnets around more than most teams. Now, that can work one of two ways. Like, you, you go and play for Collingwood, good luck knowing where Dacos is going to play or where Crisp is going to play or where Pendlebury is going to play or where the other players that you've mentioned um, are, are going to play. Is, is that look, Are you looking as that as a strength of theirs? Yeah, yeah, definitely it is. You, just, you, can't, you can't lay a clamp on one player in one position. Even Maynard on ball is a, is a nice little option Mate, to have. I've got a man crush on Nick Dacos. I, I, know, yeah, that I've, I know that. I've, I've said yeah. that. But where is he going to play? Because I see, I see he dominates training, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing him later on this morning against Carlton and seeing how he plays. I, I think he's underutilised at halfback, and he had a fantastic year last year. They've got, they've got a pairing of Dugowie and Dacos who can do, be two, a two-pronged maximum damage pairing forward of centre. You've got to check out what's under the bonnet sometimes. I think it's on Craig McRae to explore what Nick Dacos can become this year. They did win nine of the ten games decided by ten points or less, and we'll talk about that later on. Is that healthy or unhealthy? Watching them train, I think it's healthy, and it doesn't necessarily need to be 50-50. You you shouldn't win five and lose five just because they're close games. Mm. I I think their know-how and their education far outweighs the uh, the, the – the notion that it's just dumb luck. They're they're really solid as well as a footy department. Uh, Craig Kelly, I, I like the appointment. He's going to be terrific. And Craig McRae and their coaching panel now, 12 months on. They've got a couple of former senior coaches in there. And just the way that they handled the events of the Jack Ginneman stuff was an example of that. A pass mark is you know, probably a prelim final again would be for me. You think they can win it? I think they can win it. Absolutely. King says... Collingwood win the flag. That's the social media breakout this morning, and they'll come for you on that one, and you'll have to block 15 more people on Twitter this morning. Big show coming up. Stick around after the 7.30 news headlines. The Sydney Swans were terrific last year with Collingwood. They they were the team, if I was scheduled to do a game, I loved watching them play. Now, it all went the wrong way for them on grand final day. How much do we factor that in? and forecast the impact that they may have. This year they won 16-6, and six, um, and they've got some really good young talent. They play exciting footy. There's a lot of skill, good ball users in their side. few issues with their list. Um, but Sydney, it's going to be a really interesting watch this year for them. Yeah, they were in a fox the other day. I'll tell you what, these these young young men have physically become different commodities. They are, they are the, the real deal now. You can see the growth of another preseason uh, in guys that are, you know, third-year players, Goulden, Campbell, McDonald, fourth-year, Chad Warner, fifth-year, mm. Blakey, Robottom, um, McInerney, Wicks. They're all different versions of what we saw over the last couple of years. They're ranked 14th for age and 8th for experience on the list. So there's, there's still a lot of scope for this group. And I, I just don't know whether it's this year. Or, I didn't think it would be last year. Last mm. year they were ahead of time. There is no right time or wrong time to win a flag. Clearly, but are they still another year away? I'm not sure. Physically, they look different. I'm worried about them mentally. 81 points in a grand final. That's their biggest individual loss for seven years. They look shell shocked. They uh, just watching them. I mean, they were trying to galvanise each other and trying to stop the momentum. They were like they did not expect that 
trying to hit them. And no one does. And been in a game similar and you just you're looking around and all of a sudden you're six goals down and you go what just happened and that you could see that like Parker's trying to do something and they're trying to throw the magnets around but they couldn't and it was a disastrous day and it historically when teams get smashed in grand finals they've found it tough to, to bounce back but he's a very good coach he's been there since 2011 and he's got a very good support staff around him uh, I think they would have analyzed it and looked at it and dealt with it better than other teams have done that have been through similar experiences. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Clearances are an issue, though. I mean, the magnets look great. You see the jumper numbers in there, and you go, yeah, no, they'll, they'll be fine in there. But the clearances, and particular centre-bounce clearances, are a real concern. I just wonder whether they need to have a look at the mix totally. And then they've got a lot of young kids coming through. I was, Isaac Herney, Heaney spoke the other day. He talked up Matt Roberts, who's a, a South Australian kid, a ball winner, um, that, that could get an opportunity in there. Against one of, uh, in a VFL game last year against Box Hill, he had 37 and 9 clearances. We've got to see these guys. Uh, Sheldrick's another one, the West Australian kid. He played a couple of games last year. We need to see more of these next wave. Um, not that Sheldrick's a ball winner, but Roberts certainly is. Give them an opportunity. I know. I know the magnets of those other guys look terrific, but the reality uh, doesn't match. Warner was terrific last year. He, he's he was one of the most damaging players in in twenty twenty two. So where he can get to, I think, uh, will give us a, a snapshot of where this team's going. But it's 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 now Mills and Heaney and Papley's team. They're all twenty six years of age. It's time for those guys to be the reason. They had great years last year. All three of those guys have been all Australian over the last two years. Mm. So they're exposed what they can be. Um, I, th I think it'll be this year, but if it's not this year, it's, it's definitely next. Yeah, so you would think in the mix for a prelim final would be a pass mark again, yep. get themselves in the conversation with the top four teams again in the competition. Sydney making a prelim final. I love the teams that have a crack in the trade period, and Melbourne have done it. Okay, let's, let's, we've got this group. Let's go. Okay, what pieces do we you, – you touched on – Brisbane, and we always speak about Geelong just refusing to rebuild. What, what can we do to remain up the top and to chase these teams down? And Melbourne do it and have done it as good as anyone in the last couple of years during the trade period. So let's go to them because there's two teams remaining for a pass mark. Uh, you've been impressed, Kingy, by what you've seen through the preseason. Yeah, probably the most combative preseason I've seen in a long time. Um, and, and I think that that approach, which starts in January, my only question is, can you still maintain the rage all the way through to late September? Um, and I remember Damien Harbick talking about this with Richmond a few years ago when they were clearly the number one team all year and then got beaten by Collingwood in a prelim. They just, they just felt they just they had to hang in and hang in and hang in for that extra two to three weeks. So they've most teams, even Geelong last year, you know, they, they, I think they won their last fifteen or sixteen games, mm. but they were, you know they started the year sort of 50-50. Richmond always start the year 50-50. Melbourne are going to come out of the blocks hard. And I know it's setting the tone uh, for competitiveness and competition and their, their contested possession asset is something that most teams have really struggled with. I think you'll see with Melbourne at the start of the year an emphasis to push some new faces into this group. So if you, just just work with me here for a sec, right? So over the last four years, they've only had they've had fifty four players represent in, in at least one game. Thirty of those fifty four have played twenty games, so that's five games a year, which is what I would consider reasonable AFL exposure. Only six, uh, six of the thirty are no longer on the list, so that leaves mm. you twenty four guys that have pretty much been the mainstays every week. Um, so 
haven't really seen too much of that next wave at all. I mean, most of their kids were still talking. I mean, we're still talking about Van Rooyen. They're talking about all mm. year. Was he, is he coming in? Is he going to play? Can he correct this forward line? It, it's pretty much been the same faces every week. I think we need to see more um, because the depth will be challenged at some point throughout the year. They need to have had some sort of look at AFL football. Yeah. Okay, so if you're a Melbourne fan, who are some of those names that you would like to see given AFL exposure? 0433, 98-11-16, but they're like all these teams. A pass mark is to, I don't know, to make the top four again and to probably make a grand final. They're good enough to do it. They have the experience to do it. Last year was disappointment out in straight sets. Is that how you see it, Kingy? I mean, it's a tough pass mark, but it's realistic. Yeah, it's a, well, for me, the pass mark is to not set this group up to fall off a cliff. Oh, they're good enough to win the flag this year. We, we all know that. But we want to see more. And I think there's been a couple of had outstanding. Cosie Pickett's preseason has been absolutely dynamite. Um, Bailey Laurie's another one that's been terrific. I look at uh, Young House. He's, his preseason has been terrific. Um, Sparrow. So they're going to they're going to get some opportunity. These guys, um, we're going to get a good look at them and and see whether they can mix it with the best, and that may allow some luxuries, more time for Petrarca to be forward. Not doesn't have to be the bull in the middle all the time. It's not about winning brown loads, it's about winning premierships. Mm. And we'll see if there's a different way to score. I mean, so dam- damaging and devastating out of centre bounce. Can they be more efficient with their ball movement going inside fifty? And have they changed things up there? And and can Max Gorn succeed? as a forward, because that was what was pitched to Brody Grundy to get him across the line. Puts his hand up to play forward. We'll wait and see how that goes.